It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Columns Hotel. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans. And you'll get to hear some live music as well. Well, actually, I think it's going to be recorded music today, isn't it, you guys? That's right. Okay, you'll get to hear some recorded music. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great recorded music. But you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my special guests sitting around the table in no particular order are Mark Pagani. Did I pronounce your name right? Is you it, did. Congratulations. It, thank you very much. Very Mark Pagani has climbed more mountains and been to more weddings than anybody in New Orleans. <laughs> Would you say true. that's true? Yeah, probably true? In the past 15 years, Mark has been to over 450 weddings, and he's scaled mountains in Argentina, Nepal, the French Alps, and the Himalayas. Mark Pagani is a photographer, an Ironman triathlete, and a mountaineer who has won awards for his adventure photography and the Artistic Guild of Wedding Photojournalists Association named him one of the top ten wedding photographers in the entire world. Woo! How about that? Yeah. Quite, a, quite impressive. Mimi, am I going to pronounce Shippers right if I say Shippers? That's correct. Okay, Mimi Shippers is the Associate Professor of Sociology and Gender and Sexuality Studies at Tulane University. Mimi's areas of expertise include gender, sexuality, and social theory with an emphasis on feminist and queer theory. Not content with striding around the classroom, Mimi has scaled mountains in Argentina, Nepal, the French Alps, and the Himalayas. If you notice the similarity between Mimi Shippers' mountaineering exploits and Mark Pagani's, there's a reason for that. They're a couple. But they're not a couple like any other couple, you know. They're polyamorous. And that's something that I think is going to take up a little bit of time discussing as we go on. It is a hotel, yeah. How did they catch that? Sitting around the other side of the table. Well, it's a round table, so not quite the other side. Sitting around the other corner of the table are James Marler, Alex Smith, and Zach Smith. James Marler is the vocalist and guitar player. Zach Smith plays drums, and Alex Smith plays guitar and bass in a band called Rotary Downs. Wow, good timing. Rotary Downs have been together since 2002, and in that time have been twice named New Orleans' best rock band at the Big Easy Awards. They've been hailed as stunning by NPR, and Filter Magazine called them perfectly New Orleanian, both high and low. What is the opposite of... What does they mean by that, high and low? I know what high is. (laughs) Must be a Taoist thing. Must be some sort of... (laughs) Call them high and low, in and out. Well, that itself is strange. Joyous and mournful. Oh. Rotary Downs play live all across America, and here at home they play Jazz Fest and Voodoo, as well as club gigs. Rotary Downs have released five records, including the seminal Chain to the Chariot, their sensational post-Katrina album, and they've got another one on the way right now. How's it going with the new album, by the way, gentlemen? Good, really good. We're, um, we this is James. Up. Yeah, this is James. James, lean in and talk to me like, you know, you right. mean it. All, all right, right. I mean it. I mean everything I say. Okay. And this roundtable discussion. Um, no, we've been on about a 10-week ten, ten break. Um, ten weeks. Is that like a so union thing? <laughs> <laughs> you get ten weeks yeah. off per record in the musicians' union? I think it's a New Orleans lazy thing. Yes. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Yes. About two days. Alex, you have to. Alex, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. We, we've That's got it. the very, very cheap equipment here. Fine. You have to be right on it. Over some British uh, music union rules that right. two days work, ten weeks off. Yes. That's you, a, <laughs> Alex brought uh, a lot of regimentation and. Um, a lot of public programs. How do you band. how do you keep that fake accent up the whole time? It's like Spinal <laughs> Tap. Many many hours of practice. How long have like you yourself? How long have you been here? Uh, eight years. Eight years eight from years. London. Yes, indeed, from London. What brought you over here? Music, actually, luck. Um, I came over originally to play in a band called World Leader Pretend, um, and then I ended up staying here and playing in other bands here and other bands 
in the UK, and then I met my wife. Rotary Downs. It's from here. Oh, your wife. Your wife? (laughs) Yes, yes. Sorry. And you have a baby as well. No baby. No baby. No, uh, I no thought you had a baby for some reason. Not Don't, you can't talk about that. Who did you get? Who did you get? Who did you get married to? Uh, I married a lovely New Orleanian lady called Sarah Fontenelle. Doctor Sarah Fontenelle, pardon me. Well, that's a good idea. You married a doctor. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's good for the rock band. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. sort of drugs is she able to get? <laughs> is she a proper medical doctor or? She's an experimental psychologist. Wow. Do you guys? Do you guys? Any of you? Some of you guys know each other already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Zach, Zach, Zach knows Mark because no, they're Mark both, and Mimi both drummers. Yeah, and Mark and Mimi as a couple. Yeah, that's another subject. For and us. As, yeah. as a neighbor, are you a neighbor? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. New now that's New Orleans. We all live in the Terme now. Yeah. Do you? You just recently yeah. all moved in. Uh, we moved in two thousand eight, but Zach just moved Zach's into the, the neighborhood, and it's yeah. all gone I'm, to hell. I'm, yeah. I'm the there goes the neighborhood. I'm the guy that plays the records too loud and walks around with his shirt off. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just going to the grocery store. Your nipple know. rings look fantastic, I'm just though. Going. <laughs> Thanks. So you're a drummer in Rotary Downs, but you're also yes. a really well-known photographer. Oh, thank you. So And a great photographer. Thank is that you. how you guys know each other, because you're both photographers? Yeah, actually, the first Pretty time much. we met is when uh, Zach assisted me uh, putting up a show at a coffee shop uh, back in, like, 2004 or 2005. Really? Quite a while ago. Yeah, it's been a while. You got to jog my memory. Maybe right. 2006. That sounds anyway. like a sort of a weird gig. You were putting up a show in a coffee shop, which sounds sad. Was it the one in, in <laughs> the <laughs> Zach is assisting you. John. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful, isn't no, it? it was, uh, God, I don't remember the name of the place. But anyway, wow. it was through the, uh, the New Orleans Photo Alliance. Zach was uh, a member of that, and so was I. It was at so the corner of Felicity and Magazine. And Magazine, yeah. Felicity and Magazine. Yes. yes. I'm just going to say yes. isn't it? No, it wasn't CC's. Anyway. Oh wait! I don't think Mojo? there is. A, I don't think there's Mojo. a coffee shop on the corner. Mojo Coffee Mojo. Shop. Mojo. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of Felicity and Britannia. I don't know what's on the Mojo. Mojo, okay. Mojo is on Race in Magazine. Yeah. Okay. Race oh, that place. Magazine. Yeah. Okay. It was I remember. Actually, uh, it was yeah. It was a show of all my well, all the uh, mountain stuff. stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Why so would you be putting it in a coffee shop when you're so? Talented? Well, that that was kind of funny because people were going in to get their you know coffees in the middle of August and looking at all these you know images of mountaineers on big glaciers and like what what the hell is this stuff doing here? But I did sell a few pieces. So that and that's rare too. Selling anything out of a coffee shop oh, besides coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that says a lot about Mark's work, too, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many restaurants and coffee shops and bars and whatever that I still have my work in. Yeah. And I really don't sell True. shit. I mean, it's a, I, I could say that, right? Yes, you can say. <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, of all the places I have stuff in, you know, I love having the visibility, just being out there. Is it a good calling card for you? People say that's a great photo. Oh, I'm going to call yeah. that guy up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's good to bring people in. You know, it's like instead of, hey, go to my website, go to my, my backlit, flat, two-dimensional <laughs> computer screen. <laughs> right. You know, go see my work. Yeah. Go see it. Go at least it's it. up somewhere. Zach's yeah, got some yeah. nice stuff up at uh, Three Muses as well. Some nice uh, black and white portraits. See, that's a good right. place because people drink a lot there on Frenchman Street. And yeah. you think that would be the sort of impulse purchase to nah. No? Right. No way. I but, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people go up to the images and look down in the corner to see who, who, who made did them. It. So, right. you know, that's a good thing. That's it. So, Mark, how do you get to be both a wedding <clears throat> photographer, which seems pretty tame, and a Adventure photographer, which is the opposite. Well, it actually was a. Are you a Gemini? I'm not, and I'm an Aries. Hmm, what mm-hmm. does that mean? I have no idea. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I started out as a photographer. I actually started out doing adventure photography and got into wedding photography, you know, just starting by assisting. See, this is one of these funny sentences that people say that they just toss off like it's no big deal. I started off doing adventure photography. 
then they got how, do you, how do you start <laughs> off doing adventure photography? Uh, the short story is that I got my undergrad degree in music, music therapy, and I was working with sexually and physical abuse kids in uh, Chicago. Slow it down a little bit. I was working with sexually and physically <laughs> abused kids in Chicago. Doing music therapy. Doing yeah. music therapy. Hang yeah. on a minute. How many sexually abused kids are there in uh, Chicago? A there's, lot? There's a lot, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot. Um, how did you get to do that? I got my undergrad degree in music therapy. Okay. So, you know, it was a logical place for me to work. I guess uh, we're going to eventually get back to where you were born, but, <laughs> but we won't go that far. Were you born in Chicago? Uh, no, I was born in uh, the Midwest in uh, Indiana. Isn't Chicago in the Midwest, by the way? Yep. Okay, no. okay. But anyway, <laughs> so you got an undergraduate degree in, in music? Yeah, in music yeah. therapy. And music therapy. It's actually, that's a degree. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, Isn't all music therapy to some extent? I think so. I think it's all. I mean, you guys are... Therapists? You guys are therapists? You guys are kind of rock and roll therapists. therapists. We are, and we're very very relaxed (laughs) people. You seem very chilled out. Well, it is a rainy afternoon in New Orleans. It's a good place in time to be chilled out, and we're sitting in a hotel lobby. Hey, so um, what is music therapy then? I mean, this is a ridiculous Uh, question probably, but what is it? Well, you know, it's it's a way of um, dealing with people's issues through music. And so the kids that I worked with had big deficiencies in self-expression and self-esteem. And they also had problems going to sit down with the psychologist and talking about it because it was too intimidating. Mm. So we use music as a means for them to express themselves and to get through their issues. But what does it mean? Goals. What do you do? What happens? I mean, I, uh, I like to beat for people instance, up. Right? For instance, most of the kids that I worked with were, uh, were African-American kids, and, mm. and we would uh, have them write raps about what they'd been through. Um, we'd also have them learn instruments, and so therefore they would increase their self-esteem that way by being able to play an instrument. So there were a lot of things we did. I could see why you want to get out of that, though, and go yeah, was... climb a mountain. That's, <laughs> that sounds tough. But then that was an introduction to wilderness experience. Yeah, we had, we, had, we had a dark room there, and that's when I first got into photography. And once a year, we would take those kids out to uh, Colorado for an outward bound kind of experience. So you take kids who are really messed up and dangerous and have trouble relating had, to each I'm other you, and, put them, and put them in a dark right? room. Yeah, the first time we went out there, we went to, uh, we went to the Walmart out there for them to like, buy a you know, souvenir. And unbeknownst to us, which we should have been keeping an eye on this, a couple of them bought BB guns and brought them into the backcountry, into the woods, and were threatening nice. each other with guns. So Whoa. it was a little, little fucked up. Nice. Yeah. But I like the idea that you take these dangerous people and you go into a dark room with them. <laughs> I, find, I find that more mysterious it's true. as a technique. But anyway, that's he not... He has a lot of courage. Yeah. He has a lot of courage. So you got out of that and decided that you're going to go climb a mountain and take photos. Well, was, yeah, that was all part of it, and uh, just got more and more into climbing and more and more into photography, built a website, um, and just started climbing. And Mimi, I met Mimi in 2000. and we, we Where started, did you guys meet? Uh, well, she was working... I in, picked him up at a bar. No, you were working at the laundromat, and I was working at the Naval Academy. Oh, no. Uh. That was, <laughs> that was uh, office, officer and a gentleman. No, that was... Um, <laughs> That was, that was a lot better than what really happened. Last night. Yeah, that what was, was last night. <laughs> last night. <laughs> what really did happen? How did we you met meet? at a bar. We met Which at a bar, bar in New Orleans, in Chicago. In Chicago. In Chicago. What were you doing in Chicago? Mimi, did you live there too? Uh, no, I was living in Albion, Michigan, teaching at Albion College, and my best friend lives in Chicago, and I have lots of family in Chicago. You're teaching I grew queer up studies, gender and sexuality Albion. studies, queer right. theory, feminist queer theory. theory. Should we ask what queer theory is before we listen to a Rotary Down song? I said we should, actually. And then we'll listen to a song. Is it, if you've got a song we, that we, would We should hear it first, then you hear the music, and it's like, oh, it's, it's okay. Or it makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah, like music yeah. therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, what is que- queer... What is it? Queer theory? Queer theory yeah. and queer studies. Yes. It's... Um, I'll try not to be too academic about it. It's, well, it's okay. We've had a couple it's of a study of. Uh, <laughs> it's a study of sexuality... Um, 
with a focus on the social production of meanings for sexuality and the effect it has on our desires and our practices. Okay, I'm lost now. Any you got? What do you got? That understood that? Well, I think um, I asked about this in a literature class, uh-huh. and um, it, um, the professor said it's it's also just about outsiderism. And how that informs yeah. art, for instance, sometimes. I mean, that's one it, aspect, right? Yeah. And so it's not always necessarily just about... Sex or sexuality. Um, sexuality. Right. Or, you know, whatever kind of identity thing. Sometimes it's just more about being the odd sort of non- Other, non-conformist. To, non- yeah. yeah, to queer yeah. something is to go against the rules for normal social And, me, and Mimi, right. uses, Mimi right. uses the term queer in so many different contexts. She actually met Jack White, the musician, recently, and she went up to him and, I, and she said, I love the way you queer rock and roll. The way you queer Meaning musical blur, genre. Blurring the lines or blurring mess it up. Blurring the lines between different sorts of genre yeah. of music within song. There's a word queer in English. Really well, hey, let's well, it's, English, it's interesting because they like... Queering the pitch, right? You know, yeah, you're familiar with the term querying the pitch? Querying Come over here and talk into this microphone, Alex. Yes. The pitch. Talk about queering, queer. the British version of querying. Well, hopefully we're talking about the same kind. But, um, well, I, uh, queer, I'd use it as um, questioning something. Are we talking about the same thing? I don't know. I thought it was messing something up. Like, you know, where the cricket, if you have a cricket pitch, you queer the pitch. I, I, I was actually talking to someone about cricket earlier today, and I didn't play cricket. That's possibly why I'm How could you be not British so not familiar. Oh, that's what I've just heard, that term, queer the pitch. Have you not heard, does that not refer to cricket? I mean, I, 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 I've used it more. I said, it's, you're talking to a bunch of black, Americans. Not only Americans, but New Orleans. It's stump the guest. <laughs> <and> you <laughs> win, I'd say it as more used at home growing up as being odd. Something's mm. a little queer, a little right. odd. Mm. Right. Does it, does it, but it and that's mean, the origin of the sexual kind of Where does the right? word queer as in gay come from? Is that American or British? That's a pejorative term. Right. Um, but is it from America or the UK to say someone's queer? I don't know the origin of that. The, what, do you, what do you know? I would from, guess from England. the United States. Okay. Was the, where people first people started talking, telling, um, referring to gay people as, as queer. Like my dad used to say, that guy's queer is a nine dollar bill. <laughs> my dad said three dollar. Yeah, I've always heard. Well, three. he was he was three mine times was, mine as was queer. Two dollar bill. <laughs> really? Yeah. really? Yeah, I wonder if there are different and, and like economic weird, levels that we thing come about from. Because <laughs> the queer thing is, there really is yeah. a two dollar yeah. bill. Yeah. Exactly. So that's not that so queer. nine plus three is not twelve. Nine plus three is twelve. Twelve plus two is. Fourteen. I think they say somewhere. bent as a six-quid note at home. Do they? Yes. Oh. Bent as a six-quid yeah. note. Yeah, bent is another there's, word. Yeah, bent. there's so many, I mean... So many ways to describe being gay. But also... But it's not but being gay. It's not, in your it's sense. Be, being so it's the way That's you're the using key. The word, but you're using the word queer in an academically approved method, right? It's actually and in it's a very syllabus useful at Tulane University. Well. It's also very useful in life right. as well. But, but explain it just a little bit, because yours is the word queer, the way you use it, isn't actually in a Tulane University syllabus, so it's not pejorative at all. No, and that's so, the key. It's, take, it's reclaiming a pejorative term and um, making it something that's positive. And it is in opposition, not in opposition, but it is uh, distinct from gay identity. And it's an articulated disagreement with people who identify as gay because to identify as gay is to buy into the idea that we all are either gay or straight. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that's ridiculous. That you talking about gay as sexuality it seems to be counterproductive to me. 
I mean, well, it's very productive politically if you yeah. want to join forces with other people to say we have this identity in common. We we are the same. Yeah, but, but in our sexuality, but being gay has a lot. When there's nobody gay here, I suppose so it's a bit really silly talking about it. But but you, but there's more to you being might gay. Not than want be- to assume that. Oh, well, I'm not sure. Hmm, I'm looking around, but no one's admitting. Anything. How would you know that I'm not? I read a lot about you on, on the internet. <laughs> Okay. I didn't mention the word you gay at all. Because I fuck it, men? That's basically what I'm assuming, is that if you fuck men, you're not gay. But I could be wrong about that, because that's just sexuality. You could be. Because being gay, being gay is a lot I don't more than having sex, is what I'm saying. I do not identify as gay or lesbian. Okay. Are you either but of those? No, because I don't identify as gay or lesbian. What would, but I'm what not would straight it, either. You're not straight and you're not gay. So what does it... What, what I'm are, queer. You're queer. That's a good definition of queer, right? You are a good definition of it. Did you get into queer studies because you are queer then, or did you probably get, go queer because you were studying it? Probably. Uh, the idea of um, shaking things up and doing things differently is very appealing to me. Mm. And so, yeah, and sexuality is very interesting to me. So, As a practice or just very. as an academic? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> so you get to have a lot of sex and teach it. I do. You don't teach... I mean, teaching sex about sexuality is, is academic, though, right? I mean, there's no practical demonstrations well, of sexuality. Well, the first sexuality. day of class, I go <laughs> in... The first day I go into class and I say, uh, we'll only be having oral exams. Oh, that's very good. And do they all go... Right? I actually have never done that. But I tell everybody that I do it. Oh, that's good. Okay, listen, let's come back and talk about polyamorousness. Is that how you say it? Polyamorous, polyamory, polyamory, which is just to define that before we come back is polyamory is having a relationship, a primary relationship and then having other men and women in it with which, with whom you have sex or emotional relationships. Right. Would that be a fair description? Yeah, polyamory usually connotes some sort of emotional intimacy. Oh, you know, just banging Mu- other people. Multiple loves. Multiple loves. Yeah, so you, whereas an open relationship doesn't necessarily connote that. You can have sex with a lot of people, but you, it, it goes against the agreement to fall in love with those other people. You're not allowed to fall in love. Well, we're polyamorous, which means that multiple loves are so part of our relationship. Poly meaning many and amorous, and more meaning love. Right. So you have exactly. a relationship in which you're in love with more than just each other. Mimi you're does. I don't. Yes. You could fall in love with me, though, right? I think that's happening right now. <laughs> I, had a, I, saw, I, had a I saw the look in your eyes. I had a feeling about that. But let's get back to that in a minute. Like, let's come back and talk let's about. Let's come back and talk about polyamory, which is fascinating, and we'll come right back. But let's first though, play a song from uh, Rotary Downs. Yeah. What are we going to listen to, gentlemen? Uh, I, I think Zach? we have queued up uh, on Chris over there. Is that numbers? Okay, yeah. Uh, track six, um, Wild Pink and Super Eight from. Our latest release in 2010, Crack Maps and Blue Reports. Okay. Did you, what, tell us a little bit about the song before we listen to it. Who wrote it? And Well, I read the lyrics. And, um, James, you it's wrote, about, did you write the lyrics first or the music first? Always the music. Music yeah. comes first and then you put the music. lyrics. I always think okay. of the terms of the sound. What's this the soundtrack to? You, you oh, should okay. hear uh, some shows where he hasn't written the actual lyrics. <laughs> and he's kind of singing his kind of... And a summer that's up, diddy shitty do. Peas and carrots, yeah. everybody. And, and, and you play enough funny. clubs where uh, vocals are no distorted and low. It doesn't matter. What is it? Well, what do you feel like that? You've written all these lyrics and you're up there fronting the band singing them. Don't you feel like when people don't listen or don't understand the lyrics, does it like annoy you? It's really, 
It really doesn't. I mean, I... Um, Getting paid I, anyway, right? No, I like so much music where either I don't understand, like... I love Serge Gainsbourg. I don't speak French, mm, right. but I kind of, mm, it either blends with the music to make an emotion or it doesn't. So I think like, I think shitty lyrics really stand out and can ruin something. Yeah. But like, if you listen to early REM, like That's who knows true. what he's mumbling about, but it's, <laughs> it's so much more emotional than, right. than half the top 40 stuff you hear. Cause yeah. it just blends with the music. But when stuff. you sit but, down to but, write a lyric, you're trying to say something. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's, you know, not to say I don't try to make them mean something to me and be good. Right. But, um, so what's this about this one? It's about a spectacular road trip. Okay. What's yeah. it called again? Wild Pink and Super 8. Wild Pink and Super 8. Let's check yeah. it out. Rotary Downs. In the air, not fear, not fear. Hold the car around here, my dear. We'll hit the tarmac, still not scared. With a Baptist prayer, you're old enough to know. I declare my soul tax-free. Wanna swear at the cold black sea. Feel the terror down through my bones. Make the road my home. Flying kite, a bow burning bright, a symbol of hope, not a neck wrapped in rope. In an early morning haze, we took off down the bank, dove into the lake, then sat around and drank. And the birds were bizarre, well, they kept changing keys. We slept beneath the stars, slept beneath the trees, like two kids in a play. Taken from the road, the landscape explodes. Vermilion and gold, and colors untold. It appears through a fog, it appears on a stream. It appears with a song, it appears as a dream. Shivering in the sun, shivering in the shade.
Yes, Rotary Downs off the album Cracked Maps and Blue Reports. And the name of the song is, again? That's uh, Wild Pink and Super 8. Wild Pink and Super 8. That's a great song. Thanks. Very nice. Thanks a lot. Well, well done. So sitting uh, here with me are three guys from the band, in case you're just wondering who, you, who, uh, who I'm talking to. Uh, Zach, James, and Alex are all in Rotary Downs. Here, present. Mark and Mimi are a couple, and polyamorous. And we're going to talk about polyamory now. But first, I want to tell you what we're eating here. This is the craziest thing for, a, yeah, for an audio well. broadcast. Might as well chew it right now. Just, just, just go ahead, Mimi. You can eat up. Yes. That is wow. good. Right. Today, we've got some snacks from Juan's Flying Burrito. They brought over their house fried chips. Their house fried chips. They're fried in the house. That means, I think. Wow. Uh, with salsa la fonda, which is that one there, the red one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh oh, guacamole. Sorry, I just took a sip of this. I thought it was my Bloody Mary. <laughs> Bloody Mary. How is the guacamole? Is that okay, guys? Everyone's <laughs> eating the guacamole. How is that? One's is really good. I've, it's I've been good. I've for a while. I like this trilogy. Yeah. It's good. Fans, <laughs> That's yeah. the guacamole. And the creamy homemade queso is the sort of orangey yellow color stuff. What's that like? I haven't tried it. It's that. tremendous. It's yeah. good. You can't go wrong with melted cheese ever. Like it's, okay. it's true. <laughs> it's, this is just the start <laughs> of there. They have this unique Creole Mexican menu that this is a part of. Some of their signature items on the menu include the flying burrito. Have you had that? I had that a couple nights ago, actually. That's awesome. I think I might have. It in about an hour. Come on. Mm. Well, eat this. You have this for appetizer. <laughs> did, you ever have the, did you ever have the special they had for a while, the Guatemalan fire tacos? No, that's a real good. Guatemalan fire the tacos. The hottest, scared to order delicious, Zach, painful thing I've really? ever eaten. Zach, what are you laughing at? What, uh, what's speaking the of end, hot, delicious, what's the painful things, joke? baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good segue. I'm just laughing because, you know, the, the, the listeners at home, at home can't see they were all naked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and eating chips. Except I have, I have eating chips guacamole all over my nipples. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you what's in the uh, flying burrito. It's Creole chicken, marinated skirt, steak, <laughs> and spicy golf shrimp right up in a, rolled up in a giant burrito. Wow. Mm, how did they do that? Or you can have the vegetarian-friendly Mardi Gras Indian. That's funny that the Mardi Gras Indian would be vegetarian, isn't it? Two-way, two pocky way. It's a taco with summer squash, roasted corn, pinto beans, and spicy slaw on corn tortillas. You can check them all out either at One's Flying Burrito itself, if you're in New Orleans, or if you're thinking about looking at it and you're outside of New Orleans, go to onesflyingburrito.com. I actually had my first photo show at One's Burrito. There you go. Did you sell anything there? 2000. I sold something to a, who is now one of my good friends, uh, Blake Haney, who who we all know, runs uh, Dirty Coast. Dirty Coast, right. Sold a print to him, and from there on out, we've been good friends and co-conspirators, yeah. Now, you do any of the designs and the stuff that's on their T-shirts? Uh, no, uh, he does the photography for the website. Right. Yeah, I do ah, the, okay, the photos for the, for the website. Yeah, so, so I, really, I take those ideas and kind of put put hot chicks in them. It's a <laughs> so really, one's flying burrito is responsible for that whole hookup. They should get ten percent. Really. They're responsible for a lot of things in my stuff. life. Really, mm-hmm. what else? I'm actually um, the bass player in my current uh, my other band, yeah. Sunrise Sunset, is a cook over there. And that is a uh, Fiddler on the Roof tribute band, by the way. It's a Fiddler on the Roof. It's a... Yeah. It's a... A metal uh, interpretation. It's a metal interpretation of Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> is any of and it, it works? Like well. I am. Like <laughs> I am. Like I am to life. Tradition. It yeah. totally works. Our, fa- our fans have a lot of hair. I like the sound of it, even though it's not true, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's true. It is true. <laughs> is, it, is it true? I can't even... It's not truth true, Truth is right? stranger Mimi, than you fiction. Tell, you tell me the truth, wouldn't you, Mimi? I have no idea. You don't even this know. This is the first I've heard of this. Sunrise, sunset. It sounds very... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fiddler on the roof. Is that really true? Time, it's really true. No, it's not. Shut up. It's, uh, yeah, it is. Beca- like actually, it sunrise, no, sunset not. is supposed to be reference the obituaries when you read them. Sunrise when you were born, uh-huh. sunset oh, when you, you die. 
But uh, I don't think Ray had ever seen uh, the movie when he named the band. Oh, well, it was a yeah. stage show first, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's not true, right? We've established that. That would be great. I was, well, I was just Zach making that would joke. Be the one to establish it, it, it is, that. It is true. <laughs> we need to hear Zach say that. Oh, the, the band name and okay. the band is true. Okay, so, yeah. We do not do... It's not a fiddler <laughs> on the <laughs> roof. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. yeah. that was, that was my an extremely good joke, Mark. Thank you very what, much. What a wand Hey, listen, if you're outside of New Orleans and you're headed here and you're looking for something to do other than hear music and you're looking to book a tour or you need a hotel, check in with our friends at neworleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. And the other place I want to tell you all about is the New Movement Theatre on 1919 Burgundy Street. Funny people. Isn't that great, that place? Yeah. Zach, isn't it great? Uh, you guys funny people. Not yet. No, tell, really tell funny. us more. It's a place called the New Movement Theatre. They've been uh, doing stuff in museums, parks and bars and all over the place for free. And uh, they finally got themselves a theatre in the Marigny. It's sort of right near Frenchman Street at 1919 Burgundy. Everything's free, still or cheap. They do improv and sketch comedy classes. And uh, you can check them out at tnm.com. tnm.com. You can also listen to Chris True and Tammy Nelson right here on itsneworleans.com in a show called True to the Game, which is New Orleans' first comedy sportscast. Mm. Mm. That so check it out. Okay, let's talk about having sex and falling in love with other people other than the person that you're living with. Okay. I'd like to know how you do it. That's a how pretty... do it? How do, how <laughs> pretty did broad you, question. How did you come up with the idea of, of, of both of you agreeing to doing that? That is all uh, actually explained in our blog called the 2 Plus Blog. 2plusblog.com. Plus Check okay. it out. The number two. And the number two. Then the word plus, plusblog.com. And, and yeah, I we actually do go through, you know, all of uh, how this all started. Um, so a lot of people who listen to the show who are blind. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, you'll have we to are tell, going yes. to explain it. Okay. Would you like to start? Sure. I, I've, uh, I've only been in one monogamous relationship in my whole life. How long did that last? <clears throat> Five years. Oh, that's pretty good. Depends on how you look at it. You know, when you say that's pretty good, it mm-hmm. assumes that monogamy is good. Right. Well, I mean, the lasting five years is pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I, I've never been comfortable with monogamy. And reading feminist and queer theory, where the idea is to shake things up and not do things in the normal way, of course, monogamy comes up. People are interested in thinking about monogamy. And I've never been comfortable with monogamy. Well, how did we come up with monogamy as a society? It was to try and keep it all straight, right? There are lots of different theories about that, but from my perspective and what I read, the sort of things that I read, it's all about controlling women. Oh, really? So it was a guy's idea? It, it's it's wanting to know that the woman that you're providing support for and the resources that you're providing, that the offspring are yours. Okay. You want to know that the baby is yours, and so monogamy is imposed on women. And monogamy is, is expected in everybody, but it's always been more enforced. Is it only human beings who are monogamous, or are there animals? Actually, human beings aren't monogamous. Are we not? All of the evidence suggests that human beings find it very difficult to be monogamous. Well, I think we'd all agree with that, right? Gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Aren't geese yeah. monogamous? Mm-hmm. Geese. I think eagles eagles are monogamous. Uh, There are some monogamous species, but But who knows where they go when they fly away? You know they're flying. (laughs) That's exactly. Where are you going? I'm going to get a worm. (laughs) That's actually true. That's actually true. Now that people have started questioning mononormativity, the idea that monogamy is natural. Mononormativity. Yeah, that monogamy is natural. Uh, people have been doing research on these supposedly monogamous animals, and they find they fly off, or they scurry off, or they canter <laughs> off. <laughs> yes. Have a naughty moment. And then, <laughs> ha- 
have a naughty moment <laughs> and, and canter back or scurry and back do they have and, to, do they and have get to come the resources. Up with, do they have to come up with an excuse when they get back? Or, I don't speak eagle. <laughs> so, I, mean, does any, I mean, I brought a worm back. What yeah. more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> But it is, it is quite important to know that the, your children are yours, I suppose, or does it make no difference, really, whose kids you're bringing up? I mean, does it, why does that matter? Well, see, now there's the, the, an interesting book that recently has been published is called Sex at Dawn. And it sort Sunrise, of, sunset, we're back to that. We're back to that. <laughs> but the idea is that when we were, when we were no, nomadic, when homo sapiens were nomadic, it would be good if we didn't feel like certain resources were ours and not yours, we wanted to share. And so in order to create bonds in um, you know, the social group, it would be good if everybody fucked everybody. Because no one would know whose offspring is whose, and they would take care of all of the offspring then, rather right. than their own offspring. That sounds like a pretty good idea, too. It's a great idea. But yeah, wouldn't work in our society now, though, you know? Right, because we live in a society with limited in... resources that right, are distributed yeah. unequally. Right. I think monogamy, though, is, is changing, if I may offer it. Oh, good. You so, may, yes. Alex, yes. Well, being as someone who's fairly recently married, but I, I think that uh, um, I've noticed certainly at home and in myself, um, most of my friends, including myself, didn't get married until our late 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly a long time ago there was a uh, sort of pressure socially for people to get married early and mm-hmm. settle down and uh, I don't think I don't, I, I've certainly seen it here in the south for sure. Mm, but, especially you know, Mississippi think, when you, know, you get to 17 if you're not married to but, someone by then. Mm-hmm. But I, I think at, at home that's or it feels to me like it's changing and I think that helps you perhaps make some different choices because you know I, I know I can't speak for self I mean James recently got married too but we you know, when when I thought about okay, this is something that you're ready for and doing, I took it really, really seriously because to me, it's you know, it's a, um, it's just as as sort of um, special as what you're talking about. You're talk, you know, there's something on the opposite end of the spectrum about sharing and and yeah. uh, with multiple companions, but I think there's something equally sharing about committing yourself definitely, definitely. to a soul, to a sole individual because I think if you're truthful about it, and that's what you you intend to do that that's not a small decision that's a and it's also there's there's a lot of work that goes on either way so um there's a lot of work you know it, it takes a lot of work to stay monogamous and not cheat on your partner however you want to put it but it also takes a lot of work to be non-monogamous ethically and with with within the context of having a primary partner well that brings us to the obvious question that anyone who's in a relationship or been in a relationship knows it's almost impossible to keep the damn thing together. You know, I mean, it takes a huge if, amount of If you're really work. going for it. Yeah. yeah. I like mean, it when, takes, if you're not trying too hard, it's really easy to keep it and, together. And I think, I think <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> How do you keep two I think, and three of them together? Well, I think, a lot of, I think a lot of monogamous or, or you know, like relationships that want to be monogamous end up having problems because they are trying monogamy when they, it's not really what they're... they're, they're particularly built for. I, I yeah. really think okay. that I, I, I truly believe that monogamy should be a choice mm-hmm. rather than compulsory. And in well, our it's culture, not, it's... No one's making it. I guess you expect it to be monogamous. It's an, expecta- it's definitely yeah. an expectation right. in relationships. Right. And to consciously choose, yes, I want to be monogamous with you is a beautiful commitment. But it's also a beautiful commitment to say, yes, I will honor your desire for other people 
and I am committed to you. The idea that commitment equals monogamy yeah, but, and okay. non-monogamy equals non-commitment is a false okay. dichotomy. Okay, so you're still committed to each other as a couple. Absolutely. Big we, we worked totally really more fucking so hard. Right. We okay. worked really hard to make this work. Even, I, say, right. I work much harder to make a non-monogamous relationship, an open relationship work. Uh, I work much harder to do that than I ever did in yeah. a, in a yeah, that's monogamous Yeah, that's the whole point I'm getting at. Is like it's so difficult to keep <clears throat> a regular monogamous relationship together because you're having to deal with somebody else constantly, not just yourself. Now you have to deal with more than just one. Now, you, Mimi, in your case, say you're dealing with, the, with, with two partners. Right. And the same thing for you, Mark, you're dealing with two partners. I mean, how the hell do you do that? You've got two people lots to keep happy. Lots of communication. Lots, lots Mimi, of tell me, just tell me about this. You've got two people. You got two people to keep happy now. Yeah, and two people who keep me happy. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Are you twice as ha- Are you twice as happy? No. Or, or twice no. Three, three, three and four times as happy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it That's really? Does it? Okay, I'm serious about this for a minute. Does it really make you happier to have multiple partners? I would think it would be more stressful. No, it's not. Um, there are aspects of it that are more difficult than sort of a, a one-on-one relationship, right. but um, I feel more comfortable having both Mark and Scott than... Do you know Scott, Mark? Well, actually, Scott was an old friend of mine. He used to live below me back in the mid-90s in Chicago, and he reconnected with me via Facebook uh, about a year and a half ago, and that's how Mimi met him. I mean, this is a psychiatrist question, but how did you feel about that? It's, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, I, 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 we, we have a little bit different philosophies about it. <clears throat> I'm more interested in an open relationship um, where Mimi is still my, my primary partner and I'm just in love with her, but I also date other people occasionally and get to sleep with them or whatever. Um, Mimi is more interested in having a full-on love relationship with other people. Um, so it's that's that's hard for me to adapt to, but you know I'm doing my best, and she's doing her best to you know adapt to my ability to adapt to it. So Mimi, are you in love with Scott? Yes. And you're in love with Mark? Yes. And how many people could you be in love with? I have no idea. There could be more. I am not interested in a, in adding anyone at the you moment. Yeah, there's no more. It's a lot in the wings. Of, yeah, no. Okay. My my plate is very full. So people, most of us believe that there's someone out there special for us that we're going to fall in love with and that's going to be the person that makes us happy. I, Most I people have been in that. love with multiple Zach, people. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's what I thought for a while. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm in my, my mid-late 30s and I just got into a new relationship, you know. But mm-hmm. for a while I always thought that, you know, yeah, there's that one, right? You want to believe yeah. that. That's the, the fairy tale shit, right? There's so many people out there that have, that could be for you. And you know, when I started traveling different countries and whatnot by myself, with the band, with whatever, you meet those people. Mm-hmm. If you're open to it and you respect yourself and them, it's like it, society has to put so many labels on how you love and how you respect and how you uh, embrace love and respect that anyone that doesn't uh, adhere to monogamy, then it's like this political battle over gay, straight, polyamorous, whatever. And it's it's like, why waste your time dealing with it? Just go love somebody. We actually, we met a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, something I was thinking about recently is like, um, quote, you know, traditionalists like to talk about like the 50% divorce rate now, or 60 now, maybe. And and I understand what they mean as far as like a core forming structure to society, but you got to figure in the past... 
when it was way harder to get out of a marriage, half of those marriages, well, let's say a quarter of them were very unhappy, but people just dealt with it and struggled right. through, and that's all right. And then there's probably another quarter of it that was outright abusive and hellish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so as awful as that statistic is, and sure, probably people do probably give up on commitments more easily than they should. Um, it's also like from an optimist point of view, think about how many people are able to get out of really negative situations, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think applies to everything but you're talking what, what, about. With the other side of what you're saying, though, James, is that you could stay in that situation and just add another person. I guess that's pertinent that, to what we're talking that about. Yeah. No. no I, I don't, well, that would be old school. Would, that would be really old for men, for men at least. For men, it would be classic for men. Like, like 100 years ago, absolutely, you have your yeah. wife and a mistress right. at least. Right. I mean, yeah. look at, in France, that's still the deal, you know, right. pretty right. much. Yeah, and Is I would strongly discourage people who have bad primary relationships to add others yeah, in order to solve their problems. But you, have, you have to have a solid primary relationship in the first place in order to be able to add others ethically and you know, conscientiously, for sure. So, there's, so it's not a solution to an unhappy marriage to add not a person? Not at all, no. No, I don't think that's if you're, a good idea. If you're, but if you're saying that but you're trapped also, by monogamy, then... Untrapping yourself from monogamy might make you happier. Well, di- you know, have a divorce first, or, or don't be with that person. You know that you are not happy. I would, are you say, arguing against I would say no. I would say that if the monogamy is the problem, then you might want to discuss with your partner a solution to that problem. Well, monogamy but was if you a problem have other you, pro- you which you is precisely like why monogamous. I'm not in a monogamous. No, but you didn't like to be monogamous, and so that you added another person. No, no. Did I get that wrong? You did. Um, okay. I didn't. I thought that's what you said. Add another person. No, not to the not to the monogamous relationship you're in. But you realize that being in a monogamous relationship itself is not going to make you happy. You didn't like the idea of being trapped in a committed monogamous relationship, apparently. Right. So if I don't, I don't I like it. Use the word trapped, but okay. Well, but I wouldn't choose to be in a monogamous relationship at this point in my life. Right. But what I'm trying to get at is if you are in a monogamous relationship, it's a hard word to say that, and it's not all that great, that isn't adding somebody to that relationship. As long as you both seem like, have, have, like the last thing you'd want to do. But right? I, I, Unless I, if, monogamy if, is the problem. Yeah, right, exactly. I, th- I think, I think okay. the point we're making here is that um, okay, there's a point. difference between uh, monogamy being the problem and your relationship like with issues or, or other things about your relationship. So, so if you're unhappy with just your partner's personality and they're just an asshole to you in general, then adding another person's not going to help it. But if you're perfectly happy with your partner, but you don't want to be monogamous necessarily, you, you are interested in maybe sleeping with other people or having you know, other relationships with other people, then sit down and talk to your partner, who you're happy with, about other options. Jeez, I'd love to have that conversation. With my partner, have you got, are you guys you're married mm-hmm. already, right? No. Yeah. It's true. You're implicated and, uh, the second you raise the. It's issue. a pretty tough yeah. conversation it's, to it's have. Definitely isn't tough. It? Yeah. No, How do you bring well, that up? I'd I was like going to gonna say, that. just listening to what you're all saying, is I I, I think, uh, you know, monogamy, if you choose to believe in it now, which I I do, is is something that it's changing and much and 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 I think what I don't like about sort of the modern idea of a relationship is the focus is always on the honeymoon period. It's always about, you know, meeting someone, the chase, you know, the, the get together, all, you know, stories, films, books, you know, so much focus is on that. And there's not much focus on the depth 
of the journey. And that's, you know, something my wife and I talked about right from the get-go. It's like, you know, isn't this incredible to think, like, 30 or 40 years' time, we're still going to be together? Yeah. And we're the depth... Just, yeah, we Which we will And the depth too. Of, yeah, of knowing each other. And I think mm. that's the thing is it, it's... I think once you get married, for, for me personally, it's more about the depth of the relationship well, you're than anything. Yeah, perhaps I am, but I was lucky. Like my parents didn't get divorced. My parents were, were married for thirty years. That's and, the and, and that's the romantic notion of of true love, isn't it? That you're going to meet someone, you're going to live this life together, you're going to have all these experiences together, and it's going to build this beautiful life. And then at the end of the li- of your life, you'll be sitting in a rocking chair or somewhere, two rocking chairs on a balcony overlooking some pastoral scene. And Having separate conversations. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't you hear anymore. Or, what, or, or, or sure even see them. Or your nurse. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh, what, man. Which, but I was going to say even, even beyond that. Yeah. Like you, at some point, you know, one of you is going to die. And so there's that, then that, that whole question well, comes up about... Now. No, I know, I know I am. <laughs> but looking oh, ahead. Like, <laughs> no, but it, again, it's sort of like that whole... I, I, it's probably because I'm, I'm so fascinated with that Mars rover mission right now. I just keep... I've I sat <laughs> okay. up all night watching the NASA thing. But I have to say, have to say something about that you, know that you just... I don't know here, but go on. Mars. I think something that you just said about belie- uh, I, I believe in monogamy. Mm-hmm. I think you can still believe in monogamy. I be- so believe in monogamy, but I actually choose not to engage of monogamy right now in my life. It doesn't work perfectly for, for me. So I'm not at all saying that monogamy is not good for somebody who wants that, you know? Mm-hmm. But for me, I particularly, I choose to have an amazing committed relationship with Mimi, but I also choose to act on my desire with other people and, and, and do it in an ethically ethical way, and Mimi does the same. So it's not an either or, either you think, either you believe in monogamy or you don't, you think monogamy mm-hmm. is bullshit. I totally believe in monogamy. Right, I think monogamy is the right well, thing to do like for same, some people. Yeah. It seems like you make it work through transparency. And yeah, I think exactly. that's how you make any that's, relationship work. That's that's Absolutely. But what, is the, what, what does society have a problem with? That's what I'd just, like to like, know. I, I just, people they don't like slutty women. So much of, people <laughs> devote so much of their time, money, and energy into proving other people oh, wrong man. in the terms of something that is an inherent quality that you were calling love, this yeah. love yes. thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's an emotional when, thing that people tie congressional votes to yes. and, fr- and frickin', you know, relationships. It, it's, the fact, I don't know, the fact I'm that just when, throwing when that we, out there. What's the big frickin' deal? When we first, <laughs> when we first released the, when we first made the 2 Plus blog live, I actually had several of my photographer friends, uh, one photographer friend contact me and tell me that all of the other photographer friends were talking about me and about how, oh my <laughs> like, God. Did you know he did was you know such he a was, freak? Yeah, like, like it's some crazy, like, like I have seven legs or something, you know, like it's some crazy thing. Wow. And there's, you know, it's, we actually met a couple in Vieques, Puerto Rico. Um, it was super great. You know, we, we, we sat, we talked, and we just struck up a conversation. They were super cool. And afterwards, we were wondering if we, you know, we actually decided to get together with them again the next day. Mm-hmm. And we were... They were hot. Yeah, they were hot. Um, but <laughs> so we you think about whether you're going to bang these two as well? As it crossed exactly. their minds. Yeah. It crossed their minds. But, right. you know, of course... How we, do you bring that up? It we don't, everybody's we don't, mind. Y'all yeah. actually do something about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? we, we just, Thanks. you know... But, but the, 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 the weird part is that, that we thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be wonderful if monogamy wasn't a given and so that we wouldn't feel kind of weird about bringing it up with them? Mm. It would just be like, everybody's who they are and you know they could tell us well actually we choose to be monogamous and we could say well we choose not to be you know or they would you know who knows how it would go did you have a conversation about it with them or did we you eventually just... did yeah 
What'd they say? They just walked out, freaked out, or <laughs> they they expressed their their preference. He for was monogamy. down with it. She wasn't. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the long and much. short of it. We we, we went we went skinny dipping, and then the two that. of them started no, fighting. No, <laughs> no, no. We actually, yeah. we actually went skinny what dipping. Did you say? It, was, it was great. <laughs> they started fighting. I would think that would be a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good bit, actually. Then. He's like, yeah, definitely. And she's like, what? no, no, they never. <laughs> but honey, I'm gonna go get a worm. I'm gonna go fly away. I'm gonna go fly away. I hang on a second. I want to talk about mountain climbing to you guys before we get out of here. But let's listen to another song from Rotary Downs before time completely gets away. Yeah. So, um, Zach, what are you thinking? I, I chose this song. Uh, it's called Jenny Stomp um, because. Knowing that this podcast is going to air in the future and we're not live, we can't take calls, which I wish we could. Hmm. We'll take a caller. Um, we, uh, we, we are going to... Rotary Downs has a song in the um, third season of uh, the HBO show Treme. Do we? In, um, do yeah, we? yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. I, even know that. Well, I knew that. That's yeah. awesome. You're actually in the scene, Alex. You need to get to the yeah. studio right now. You're sleeping. You're, yeah. They filmed yeah. you sleeping. <laughs> uh, and we have a... Uh, this next song in one of the episodes, and um, I was all when when we got the call for it and signed the paperwork and all that stuff. It's like it's pretty cool, you know, to have. We we've had our our songs in films before, but it's mostly like somebody's college project or like something that's a little bit right. bigger, you know. It's like you get paid a couple a bucks porno. and it's cool. Or, or, or well, here uh, this is what I'm getting to, Mark. Uh, that's our bread and butter, so Mark. Whenever. Uh, <laughs> Whenever we got the call, uh, the first thing in my mind was not like how you know how much money or what it, what it was going to be. I was like, I hope some kids are doing some hard drugs. Like there's a party and somebody's like, hey, try this, man. And it's like weed or it's cocaine or something. Somebody's shooting up and, and your some kid turns blue or something. I mean, <laughs> like it's like our songs. Like you want an, you want an overdose? <laughs> yeah. And then they they, nice they, they, they be memorable. No, but they all, they bring them back to life, guys. So Come tender. on, that's, that's, a happy, that's a happy ending. Yeah. You're so, so tender. What, so what but one, or like a porno. Mark said that. It's so like, what was the scene? Yeah, like two young kids screwing like high school party and stuff. Didn't know what it was, and then come to find out later that it, I can't say too much about it, but it's definitely more in the likes of what I was thinking. So, so you've seen the, have you seen the footage? No, I, I heard. But you've heard that it's, it's in an episode? Time. Wow. But they, yeah. are, they not allow, are you not allowed to know? What I mean, is? they really don't tell you much. They're very secretive about what's in Yeah, 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 because you wouldn't watch it. If you knew? Yeah. Really? Uh, maybe like, not. I don't know. Like, oh, this is going to happen to this character, and that's going to happen. Well, I'll just wait till next weekend. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But so they they buy the song off you, and they use it, and they don't tell you what it's going to be. So if you had some sort Pretty of... Pretty much. If you, I mean, you you like the idea of it being attached to some hideous behavior, but if you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hideous is one way to put it, but I mean... <laughs> if you didn't like I mean, that, when you're in high school or college, that's kind of like, whoa. Yeah, God, that's, that's cool. so hideous. Okay, so listen to <laughs> cool, man. Let's have a listen to the song that you've... Uh, that they've chosen to play. Okay, yeah, this is uh, Jenny Stomp from 2006 release Chain of the Chariot, uh, which there's also accompanying video to it uh, that you can see on our, our website, rotarydowns.com.
That song ends up in Treme. Uh, I'm not sure. We don't know how many seconds they used. Do you get the, paid the, by the, the second, or do they just have to pay for the <laughs> song? Uh, I'm not sure what happens. Uh, like, well, what part of the song is in there? The awesome part. The yeah. awesome part. It's very. Yeah. Awesome. It's all awesome. It's all pretty yeah. awesome. Makes actually. you dance, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a really. You, great you song. actually cut some good moves while while the song yeah, was you on. Fucked you fucked up. Up. I saw it, man. I was trying to not chew these chips too loud. Trying to move around. That's a really cool song, and the whole album actually changed the chariot. That's the album that really broke you guys, right? For us, sensational. Yeah. Relatively, it's a sensational yeah. album. Were you, were you sort of emotionally? It was an emotional response to Katrina. It was. I think um, the th- we were amazed that we could even keep the band together. Mm. Really, and like that album was. Most of it was recorded. Most, all but three of the songs, maybe. But um, they were just kind of in limbo, and we were band members were sort of in different areas. And uh, so for us, like the. The overcoming adversity was just keeping the band going. Really, it was, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, exactly. that was part of the the joy of finishing the whole thing. Was wow, you know, we've actually cobbled this back <laughs> together and made an album we like a lot. I mean, our favorite up to that point, you know. Were you surprised? So, yeah. Were you surprised, or did you expect it to catch on the way it did? Like, it made quite a sensation. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't think so. I mean, I, I, you know, not being. I just joined the band a couple years before. This is the first album that I had been on 
or in the studio. Maybe our, you were the magic our, touch. Our bass player, um, I've been told that. <laughs> uh, uh, Mimi told you that. Uh, Unfortunately not. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not Jason yet. Ryan. <laughs> Jason, the instigator right here. That's his nickname. Uh, Jason Ryan, the bass player, uh, joined that time. And uh, the, the, the albums before that were very different than the albums when we joined because our, our musical tastes are different. The songwriting was was very different. Uh, there was like a ground up kind of uh, writing with the rhythm section being strong. Jason and I play really well together. And um, definitely knew that it was something special, but you never know what happens when you throw that that piece of art out there. You never know what... Yeah. You, you can, you, More you're kind of yeah, waiting Lindsay. back. Lindsay wants yeah. to... Did you want our, to our, our waitress, Lindsay. Lindsay. Thank you. Uh, Lindsay, I'll do the same, please. A warm milk. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroo milk. And I will have castor oil, please. Uh, no, but like, you, you, you want the album to do well. You know, you want mm-hmm. it to be received. You want it to be respected for what you, the high regard you hold it in. But there's no way that we could have known that it would have been uh, you know, claimed by so many magazines we read or people that we know or videos. So you were surprised to read it. It must have been an amazingly pleasant surprise. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Discover everyone loves you. Yeah, there and was, you're actually talented. There was one. It wasn't just your mom and your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think especially for a, a city that's known for brass band and jazz music, yeah. for a rock band to come out to, mm-hmm. to rock that well. Very good you know. point, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. So well, the new album's coming out soon. Does it have a name yet so we can talk about it? No? No name. We did make it out. Well, the, the first song we played is off the album after Chain of the right. Chariot, Crack Knots, right. Report. Yeah. You could call but, the next album It's New Orleans and we'd get yes. a whole lot of publicity. Yes. Yeah. Just write That's an amazing Kong. name. Yeah. Yeah. How did you think of that? I don't know. I was, <laughs> we were surprised What's that in it that wasn't queso? gone. We were surprised that it wasn't gone. There's like, you know how many URLs there are on the internet? I just read it on the New York Times today. There's like 3 trillion or 30 trillion URLs on the internet. Wow. Wow. Trillion. Yeah. wow. That's what I read. So talking about odds, you guys, and we have to get out of here in a minute, but I wanted to ask you this question, Mark and Mimi. It's unusual enough to find another partner who wants to bang other people and let you do it as well, but to find that that other person also likes to climb mountains, that would seem to be almost insurmountable odds. I know. How did yeah. you both discover that you like to climb mountains? Well, I was doing it first, um, and we're not talking about the banging part. We're talking about the mountains. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I actually invited Mimi to watch uh, the IMAX 3D Everest movie, which documented the 1996 death of you know 12 climbers. It was pretty epic. And she saw the movie, and instead of being you know freaked out by it, she was like, "I want to climb a go. mountain." You know? Wow! And so we went and climbed Mount Albert, which is the highest peak in uh, in uh, Colorado, and I think it's the third highest peak in North America. And uh, I think we're both risk takers. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think we're, we yeah, like challenge yeah, we and like we challenge. like risk taking. How did you learn in to climb to... a mountain? I mean, you can look at a video, a movie, and even an IMAX and go, I'd like to do that. How do you actually learn to climb up a mountain? It's a combination of, uh, I actually did take some rock climbing courses in Yosemite, but uh, the mountaineering part of it was a lot of reading and a lot of just kind of boning up on equipment and then just going out and doing it. We climbed. He uh, said boning up. Oh, <laughs> She's Beavis suddenly. Um, you know. We we went to uh, we went to Mount Rainier. We I mean we've we've had some pretty crazy experience. I I was in Nepal in September and was in uh, an earthquake and several avalanches and two emergency landings. And uh, when we were on Aconcagua, so several of our partners, including me, uh, climbing partners, suffered uh, from frostbite. 
and uh, we, you know, we we camped in a in a spot where two people had died the night before on Rainier. So it's been it's been pretty what, crazy. Where did they die from the night before? Uh, they fell into a crevasse oh and, and froze overnight. So you know, it's it's, what it's definitely the, risky. The crevasse didn't just disappear, did it overnight? Well, it was snowing really, really hard overnight, so the crevasse was covered the, with, with, with fresh snow, so they just walked right into it and fell in. Oh, my goodness. And, the, you know, it was really icy that night, and, and the climbing rangers who came into the hut where we were staying, we were planning on going up that same route the next day, came in and said, uh, you know, what was a, a, a search and rescue is now a body recovery. We've, we've discovered that they're dead. So um, there's been some crazy times, but, uh, it, it, yeah, it's... And it's incredibly bonding. Mark I, I'm is sure my it is. climbing I mean, part. You kind of have yeah. to have each other's back for each other's, you know. I mean, safety. you have to have total trust and yeah. and faith in each other. Builds that would that must be about as bonding as it gets without yes. being in a war. And and it's Absolutely. always it's always an adventure too. I mean, every place we go climb is you know most of the places we go climb are usually really remote spots, and you know we have to take a bus to here and some little cart to here, and you know it's 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 exciting. It's pretty amazing that you found each other, the two of you, isn't it? I know. What do you put I it down to? I think about that a lot. What do you put it down to? I think my, my, dan- my dance moves, mostly. His dance moves. Now, what do you think brought you? To, and well, my what? ability to pick up men at bars. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a numbers game. <laughs> hey, no. you guys, thank you I so much. I actually don't pick up men at bars. You don't really? <laughs> he's the only one. Which, which but really, he's the he's only the guy you've ever picked one. up in a bar. And we met in January. Apart from those two people that you picked up uh, together. No, they the were last staying at the same hotel. That was on a beach. Oh, that wasn't yeah, a bar. Like, technically, it wasn't a bar. You said corrected. Sorry, Zach. Okay. We met in January 2000, 2000, and I wasn't interested. I had just gotten out of a relationship. And then September 2000, we both were in the same bar. Sitting in the exact same seats. And I made a beeline for him. Just he's totally like, we've met before. It was kismet. Wow. And I've never used that word before, so that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's pre- so it is pretty romantic then, it's the whole thing, isn't romantic. it? I mean, the chances of you two you finding kidding? each other. I, polyamory means multiple romantic. Romantic right. relationships. I'm such a romantic. And I spread, and you know, I I spread rose petals every to... night on the bed. It's just, you know. Do you guys do that as well? Oh, yes. Still do Several myself. times during the day. Just for myself. I put a trail of rose petals to my bathroom and I pretend, to, oh, what's this? Is that this for me? <laughs> that's, uh, that's Zach Smith you're listening to there. Right? <laughs> Rotary Downs. Got a face also for from radio. Rotary Downs. James Mahler has been with us and Alex Smith. From Rotary Downs, as well as Mark Pagani and Mimi Shippers. Thank you so much all for joining this us. This was here. fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Happy hour. The food was supplied today by Juan's Flying Burrito, which you can go see in a couple of locations in New Orleans and find them at Juan'sFlyingBurrito.com. Our show is produced by Melinda Hawes, Graham DePonte, and Trish Kaufman. The associate producer and technical director of our show is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. And our web designer and link to the real world is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was written and is being played currently by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on the show and you can stay upright for about an hour, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel, a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans and a great place to have a drink if you're already here. Check out our other happy hours and other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live at Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. 
True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson and Win Win, our new show about New Orleans Vietnamese community with C Win and Q Win. That's all on itsneworleans.com. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and you can sign up for our mailing list at our website, itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes, thanks for subscribing. Before you have another cocktail, take a moment to rate and review us. That would be great. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.